Oh, it is episode 30, and it is with a colleague of mine whom I've known since 2008. He was the first jock that I ever did an event with whenever I started working at Keishi in 2008. It is the mighty Favaz, also known as Guy Favaza. I don't know if he would want you to know his true name, but who cares? This is 2020. You probably know his real name by now. Yes, it is Guy, and he is a foodie. He is a fun person to know. He has interviewed everyone. We get into that a little bit. He is somebody who I think has a uh, much harder exterior than he is on the inside. I find him to be very sweet and gooey. And, um, you know, I think that people that maybe don't like Favaz because they think he's sassy, I I think you really need to like take your time with getting to know him and understanding him because he's complex, I would say. But I've had so many great moments with him, both on the air and off. And we get into missing our old former lives of hanging out like, you know, 10 plus years ago. And um, we get into the difference in day part change, as you maybe know, if you are from St. Louis, I took over his afternoon drive show and he took over my spot on the morning show. And so we are living alternate realities. In fact, I'm not trying to say that we caused 2020, but we did do the day part switch at the beginning of 2020. And so after that, like shit went downhill pretty fast. So maybe uh, we should switch back. I don't know. We didn't really get into that, but that might be a nice conspiracy theory to get out there. Anyway, enjoy our very candid talk. The F word is used because it's always used in our friendship. And I think you will enjoy this very fun chat that was early in the morning with the mighty Favaz. Hey, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's it's Favaz. I'm so happy that you're on my podcast. Uh, thank you. And um, you've been doing it long enough. It's about damn time. I know. It's been over. I'm, I've had my podcast for a year. Have you ever listened to my podcast? Uh, I've listened to parts of it. Okay. I have. I listened to the Donnie interview. Yes. And um, I, I mainly gravitate toward people I know. Yeah. You know, or have at least heard of. So right. That's what I Did you not listen to the John interview? Um, I listened to parts of it. I didn't listen to the whole thing. He's been on twice, hasn't he? No, he's just been on once. Oh, he has? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I was saving you because I, first of all, I didn't know when we would record mm-hmm. you being here early now because we have swapped lives. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah, I have the shit life. You have the good life. <laughs> How I, and I, We're going to get into that because I want to talk about the differences because now we, that is something that we can actually relate on is the difference in day part. Right. Because how long did you host Afternoon Drive? Uh, 21 years. And so before 21 years, wow. it's crazy. And so you know? I'm like this January 22nd will be my first full year. Right. And yeah. you being in morning drive, have you've worked on morning drive before though. I have. I started at Casey. I was uh, the board op for smash and the UMAN. And so for about a year, no, 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 it was less than that. I did, uh, I did morning drive. And actually the morning show started at 5am oh back God. in those days. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. It was over at 10, too. It was a full five oh hours. My. So I, you know, I, I was used to it, but I had a full-time job, so I would get done with Casey and go to that. And after about three or four months, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Physically, I couldn't do it. So they, that's when they started giving me other shifts and stuff. So I, I knew what it was like to, to get up early. And um, 
I, I agreed to this, mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing. We and- all agreed to a collective, like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's mess with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, um, I love doing the show. Yes. You remember doing the show. I, you know, you love it. And um, afternoons, I loved, uh, you know, in the early days before I had children, mm-hmm. love sleeping in and, mm-hmm. you know, playing golf if I wanted to early in the morning. Now I don't do that. Isn't it yeah. interesting, though, because, like, something I miss about morning, working in morning drive, which there, there is, like, the only thing that I miss is, um, <laughs> <laughs> I miss John, but what I- What time did you used to wake up? I used to wake up at 4 to 4.30. That That's when I wake up. Yeah. I wake up about 4. And so yeah. I, you know, and mainly what I woke up for is I had to shower before I got on the morning show. I do that now. I didn't used to. Yes. I do it, but just about out of the five working days of the week, I do it for four. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's probably me too, where yeah. I was like, okay, on Fridays, I'm just going to like come in with like yeah. the last night. I do that there. on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Because it is, it's like that transition day, like a Monday or a Friday. Because then you, like on the weekends, you go back to like a normal schedule. Yeah, you do. And it's really weird. And it's yeah. like, you have to get your clock, your you know right. internal clock adjusted. Right. But I do miss having the whole rest of the day to do whatever because now right. I have to get all of my crap done in a timely fashion mm-hmm. because I have to be on the air at two. Right. And so um, in these COVID times, um, I produce my show and get all my show prep stuff done at home. Mm-hmm. And then I come in right before two and I'm ready to go. Right. And so I have to have like my workout done, my errands done, you know, or I have to postpone things for after six o'clock to do them in the evening. Right. And it's not as convenient as I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I can understand why. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I did afternoons, I had to be here at one. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but I used to walk in at twelve forty-five. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do my show prep and stuff here. You know, but I, I wouldn't do it at home. And and I never, in my wildest dreams, thought we'd be having to deal with COVID. Yeah. And 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 have to, you know, I mean, I I've been the only one that's been here every day throughout the whole damn thing. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, it's nice to be done at 10 and then have the rest of your day. Right. And I'll never forget John when we were due for Vaz Fridays. Uh, John said, oh, yeah, Fridays, we're out of here at 10 o'clock because it's like a three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And he, it's the truth. Yeah. You know, and, and um, so Friday, I always try not to have anything to do. Love it. 10 o'clock, boom, out of here. And, I, and I'll tell you this, too. Did you ever feel guilty? About Lee? Oh no, you always had your show. I was always here till one. Oh, I am so glad I don't have to do mm-hmm. that because I mean, <laughs> when I leave at ten early on, I felt guilty. Yes, and I was like, "Well, fuck that! I'm not going to feel guilty. Right. I've been here since five o'clock in the morning. I see people coming in. I'm just like, you're just not getting here. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, see ya, bye. No, you feel more productive on a morning show than like because I can tell you, me getting here at one forty-five, mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, I don't know what's happened all day. Like here. At the right. building, you right. know, and so, um, and if the breaking news happens or whatever, like you kind of glide into it for the afternoon show where things happen on a morning show, you're getting that top of the morning news. True. Talk about but whatever. There's, but there is a trade off though, because there is stuff that happens during the day, mm-hmm. like when Eddie Van Halen passed away, right. we were done. And uh, John was the one that texted me. I had just woken up from a nap and I was doing my homeschooling with my first grader. Yeah. And that's when he texted me. And I was just like. You know, if if I had been on the air like Tom Petty when he passed, I was live on the air. Right. Uh, it's a it's a different thing. It's a you know, there's both you know both sides, good good and bad sides to to Absolutely. doing mornings and, and afternoon. You mentioned so. naps. So what's your nap schedule like? So my nap schedule currently is because uh, my wife works at home, 
every day. <laughs> so I, I, I never come home to an empty house anymore. Um, so uh, with, you know, he, my, my son, my first grader, he starts back remote, remote learning or a hybrid schedule. So he'll do a couple days at school mm-hmm. and he'll do three days at home. So my nap schedule really hasn't changed much in that I usually go to sleep when he's home at about one and then I'm wake up about two thirty, get an hour and a half if I want to, and then we do his homework. Well, now I'm going to pick him up from school on Mondays and Wednesdays, yeah, yeah. so I have to get him. I think at one forty-five, and the other days are like normal. So I'll get a nap in at some point. Uh, it's nice to have an hour and a half, yes. but it's also nice to have about a half an hour. Yeah, um, you don't so you it, don't overdo it. Yeah, you don't overdo it, and and that feels good too. So. Um, and I generally try to get one in every day, That's even smart. even sometimes on Fridays, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll try for sure. You know what pisses me off so much about this is like I was really looking forward to afternoon drive because I wanted to be able to like hang out late. Mm-hmm. after shows like actually have that experience right. yeah and now there are none and now there are none and i'm like you know what like <laughs> this pisses me off so much because you know but working on the morning show for god how long do we seven do? years seven Can you do years. it seven years yeah, yeah so that was i mean and and that was like my first big break yeah and it was i don't regret any of it it was super fun and i loved it but i you know i had to prioritize my life and, mm-hmm. and how it went i i prioritized sleep over fun oh absolutely because i needed to stay healthy and like i wanted to you know not age well you know that if you're in bed after 10ish yeah. You're screwed. You are. You feel like because you don't shit. normally fall asleep right away. Right. You know, especially if you go to a show, there is just no way. And so I can't say that that I've missed live shows per se. Um, you know, when they return and they will come back, it'll everything will come back. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that I'll go. I mean, right. I'll, I'll go to any of them. Do you, you know? think that that is where you are, just in your lifeline, or is that because of the morning show? Uh, I think it's both. I mean, you know, I, I live in Alton, so I'm not real close to the pageant like I used to be right. um, or any of the other venues. I used to live in the city. So, you know, if I if the show would be over at, at 11-ish or so, you know, you'd, 15 minutes you'd be home. Right. Now it's another half-hour drive. Yes. And so I don't want to do that. And I don't want to drive after I've been drinking. Right. And so um, I think part of it has to do with my life. But then... You know, got to get up at four. There's no way I want to be out. Yeah. I just don't want to. It's such a weird dynamic to like make that. (laughs) It's like you almost feel like it's like, at least I felt this way. I felt a pressure to absorb as much of the event as I could so I can give a um, review the next morning. Mm -hmm. And then slowly I just had to be like, you know what? <laughs> Screw that. Like I'm not going to put that added pressure on myself right. to do that. But but now I want you know like I said like with the time change I was like really looking forward to having a different exposure to the experience that I had had for right. like the last 7 years and Enjoy it. Yeah, I will. Cuz cuz I don't care. <laughs> How something that I've cuz you and I we have partied. We have partied yes, we our have. ass off. Yes, we have. And you mentioned you don't want to, I mean, I'm not condoning drinking and driving of any kind, but I feel like, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like we used to, we used to drink often. We did. And, um, and then it, I noticed there was like a nice cut in your existence where you stopped partying. And I want to talk about that. <laughs> Great. What was the, and you don't have to go into too much if you don't want to, but like, was there something that 
triggered you to stop partying or was it the move to Alton or was it having babies? Like what, what exactly happened? It it was the move. It was the move. Was it quite honestly? I mean, because sure. I got engaged two times, three times. I don't remember (laughs) what it was, but we ended up getting married and, um, you know, I lived in the city then. So it was, you know, you didn't have to drive far. You didn't have to do it. Then when I moved to Alton to be closer to my, who is now Kieran, who you babysat for world's world's, cutest babysitter learn um so when you babysat him um when i moved up there in 11 he was seven years old and i just you know melody was the one that said why don't we just move up there because she was living with me at the time and i was just like yeah you're right you know because i got tired of of driving back and forth because that schedule was crazy you know uh it was tuesdays and thursdays and then one weekend a month and so that changed when I, when, when I got to Alton, but it was just like, uh, I figured out that I, I did about a hundred thousand miles on my car wow. in those seven years yeah. going back and forth all the time. So, um, I ended up, uh, uh, moving two houses down from him and, uh, <laughs> that, uh, was good for him, but, sure, uh, not for, for me adult. and his mommy, uh, <laughs> baby mama. So, um, you know, I think I think moving to Alton is what did it. Yeah, and I you don't know? blame that. Like, I mean, yeah. that, that's a tough drive. That's a that's a long. It is. Way. It's a it's a long way. It's um um, I, I don't know. It's just it's not something you go. I can't wait to get in my car and drive. Sure. Even now, I don't. I don't really even think over that. the bridge and stuff because I feel like it's kind of cool no. you get to drive across a bridge every yeah, day. Yeah. Well. Well. Every day. No. I don't know. I mean, no, I know it sucks. <laughs> it is sucks. the traffic terrible? At what time? Uh, in the morning when you no no. no. Right. I mean that's the thing. You know when I leave, I generally leave my house by four twenty five, mm-hmm. four thirty, and you know we're we're anal people, so we've got this marked down four twenty five ish is when I leave. Yes. There's nobody on the road. Good. It's great. And then when I leave, you know, typically if I leave at eleven or so, um, there isn't a whole lot of cars, you know, going home either. There's more sure. than in the morning, but um, you know, you do that and you're like, wow, I I haven't sat in a traffic jam you know, because of an accident or whatever, or just a jam in general because of volume in forever since I did afternoon drive. And that's a pro. Yeah. And I like that. I, I do like that. I have uh, anxiety in traffic jams. Do you? Mm-hmm. I feel the need. I Tim and I talk about this often. And I've talked about it on here a few times. I have anxiety where if I, if I need to, if I need to poop, I need to be able to get out of my car and go do that. And so what happens is with me in a traffic jam, and I've been in plenty, obviously, Yeah. Um, I have to have, I have to be in the right lane so I can pull over if I need to right. and run in the woods. Really? And interestingly- e- Even now? Uh-huh. Wow. And you, you do that now on your way in. Yeah. If I, cause I, really? I'm, I'm coming off of like Doherty Ferry to get on 270 North to come here. Mm-hmm. I will, if I'm on the bridge- of Doherty Ferry, and I see that there's jams. I will you go panic. To, I panic. I will go to <laughs> Ballas, and I will take slow ass New Ballas all the way into work. Wow! And if I see, if I can't avoid it, and like I get up to forty, and there's some sort of incident, I have to find a way to get in the right lane, or else hmm. I will start to have a panic attack. That's that's weird. And you and you it's go poop, and you weird. want to poop, and I, I feel like I need to be able to release. I I don't. Um, that that has never really affected me. You're lucky in, in that way. Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> um, I I don't like sitting in traffic, but uh, right. I've never quite experienced that do you not have anxiety about anything um like that like because for me and i've talked to many people about this what is anxiety anxiety is for me do you have to have drugs um, to deal with anxiety i have a prescription for xanax but that is not a regular medication that is a dire moment because i look at anxiety and go 
deal with this shit. Right. You know, you're you're nervous about something. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's normal. Yeah. You know, but other people, you know, they feel that it, their anxiety level is is so high that they need something to help them with, yeah. and that's fine. You know, whatever you know uh, floats your boat. But I just have never. I've never felt that. I sure I get nervous over stuff, but it's just like it'll go away. I think that's a generational thing. Maybe, I, yeah. Because I feel like my generation and, and this could be because of how we were parented and how society has changed. Yes. But I feel and only my anxiety I've only been using that word probably the last five years. Right. Um, because I always would do I would be like, Yeah, deal with it or just, you know, right. put your mind on something else. But I don't know what it is about, um, and maybe it's like a claustrophobia, but if I am trapped in a situation, I need to be able to, I, I need to at least be, need to be able to imagine an exit mm-hmm. or I need to find a way to <laughs> calm myself down. Now, have I ever uh, crapped my pants in a traffic jam? <laughs> Absolutely not. But um, like, for instance, Tim and I, we were driving, this is last year, we took a road trip down to Memphis and to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And have you ever driven to New Orleans? I, yes, a long time ago. You know how they have the swamps down there and yes, they their do. highways are suspended above yes. the swamps. Yes. So if you get in a traffic jam on one of those five mile swamp bridges, there is nowhere to go. We got suspended on one for like a split second. Tim was driving. Oh no. I had to, because I was like, I'm going to get eaten by gators. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to, cause I'd never driven it before. Oh, so I was completely unprepared. I had to. Lay my. I was in the passenger seat. I had to lay my seat down. I had to turn up the music and I had to roll the windows down to really? deal with. What you was just happening. didn't close your eyes. Did you try to go to sleep? I, no, I just. I. I had to just. I had to find a way to really have sensory overload. Okay, and it sucked big yeah, time. I. I don't. I don't have anything like that. You're lucky. I. I, I guess I am. Um, my, my 16 year old Kieran just told me that he, he has anxiety about college uh-huh. because he's sure he's getting ready to graduate, um, a year early and, and all, and, and some of this other stuff. And I'm like, I just feel like saying, deal with it. Yeah. Deal. I mean, what, what else is there what to say? That? I don't want him to start, you know, That's taking any spiral. kind of medicine right. because at age 16, if you start, you're done, man. You you will just, it'll just get worse and you'll want more. And, you know, at the same, I'll never forget, you know, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith saying, you're just chasing the tail of the dragon. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you, it, it, it works in the beginning, but then it may not work a few years and then you'll want something else and right. then you'll want something else. And I just, I just don't want him to go down that road. And I think that may be part of the reason I never did. Yeah, no, that's so, good. Well, and yeah. he's such an active kid too, that I imagine it's, I, I think it's very in quotes normal to be anxious about sure. college. Oh yeah. Huge, you know, yeah. but I guess how he deals with that anxiety is key. Like, well, he, and he also said something to me. He's like, you know, it'll all work out. I was like, yes, yes. it always does. Yeah. It, you always worry you, you get hyped up for something and it just never quite seems to be worth it. Right. You know, whether it's an interview, uh, whether it's a traffic jam, mm-hmm. whatever, it's like, okay, you're nervous and stuff. But then when it happens, it's you're over. like, why, why did I waste all that time? Exactly. So. And, it, and it's a practice to surrender to that and just get, yeah. like you said, just get through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about interviews. You've interviewed everybody. You've interviewed Paul McCartney. I have. You've interviewed Sammy Hagar a thousand times. I have. Who is... Um, who is somebody that you loved to interview? Aside, I think that your relationship with your friendship with Sammy is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go there because that's just a, a shoe in. But who 
and not Paul McCartney because it's Maca. Like, <laughs> who else was so lovely to interview in your career? Well, you know who who was cool, and and John and I have dealt with this on the Casey tapes on our podcast that we have. Um, Zach Wild before he turned on me and threatened yeah. to kill me. I mean, he was really cool. I had him on uh, when I was doing nights at Casey, 7 midnight, and he came on for like three hours. And <clears throat> we just bullshitted. Uh, he played live. Yeah. We went to Mississippi Nights after. We went to the strip club after. We went to Pops That's cool. after. And he got up on stage at, at Mississippi Nights and he played with the Stubblefield band. I'll never forget it. And then he played at Pops and it was just, Just Mister was the band. And he, it, it was great. And subsequent times that he would come into town, he'd be cool. But then that one time, you know, he just snapped. And um, he, he was a great interview. And I, I must say that, that um, you know, you mentioned Paul McCartney. That's the one interview that John really cringes about that I got because yep. uh, it was in person. <laughs> but he was great. And I, and I was honestly starstruck when he walked in the room. That was the only time I've ever been like, oh, holy shit moment you know yes. and he came in and he he couldn't have been any any cooler and linda was with him no linda was time. linda was passed away gotcha. this was 2002 i guess she was dead by then i think she i think she was i think he had moved on to maybe his second marriage i don't remember but anyway it was just him and two british women that were doing laundry in that room his laundry his the his laundry the band's laundry Interesting. you know they had you know he he's big enough to where uh you know he doesn't do his own stage his laundry yeah. you know yeah <laughs> so he had uh, two women in there and they were ironing uh clothes and stuff like that and they were they were as pleasant as could be and and he walked in and I just about lost it how do you prepare for your interviews um i okay so i've got one today i've got as as we're taping this i've got Sammy Hagar going to talk about Eddie Van Halen and the reason that he's calling, though, is also because of his pay-per-view that he's going to have and all that. You, th- I, For me, I just think of subjects of of what I'm, g- I'm going to hit him with. So I know I'm going to have to talk about his pay-per-view. We'll get that out of the way. But then, you know, uh, people want to hear about his relationship with Eddie Van Halen. Right. And we know that they reconnected before he died. You know, I, I just want to know who made the first move. Will he read any of the texts? I'm going to ask him if he'll read any of them. Did Michael Anthony, his close friend, did he have a relationship with Eddie toward the end? All these things. And I just, uh, I'll write, I'll jot those down and, um, you know, they'll, they'll just come out naturally. I mean, I, I remember Barbara Walters of all people back in the day, back long before I started in radio, she said, if you're going to be a good interview, you have to be a good listener. Yep. And so you have to listen to what they say because then that could take you in in another direction. So, you know, for a guy like that, for for what I'm going to interview him for, I'll do a little prep. But but most prep, I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to ask him about this and this and this, and just just go. Yeah. You know. Well, and he's such a good one because you do have such a rapport where it's like talking to an old friend. It is. It is. I don't have to say much. Yeah. And and he loves Casey and he loves St. Louis and um. It's uh, it's cool. But, you know, like the, uh, you know, I think of, uh, you know, because they were made available, uh, Pat Simmons and Tom Johnson, the Doobie Brothers. There's an interview that I really don't know those guys. I've interviewed them in person and they weren't great mm-hmm. interviews and they were going to come up again. And I guess because of, you know, what I remember, what they were like when I had them in person, I was like, eh, yeah, I, I don't know what, what I'm going to. 
right. talk about it. Well, I, I don't really care. Yeah, it's the Rock and you know? Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, that yeah, that, that's what they're pushing. In. Yeah, yeah. So, are you ever going to try and interview Zach Wild again? No, no, I, I, I have no intention. Really? No, I don't. Uh, unless, <sighs> okay, so after, <laughs> after he threatened to kill me, I, I was standing next to him. I don't know if you know the story in a bar. Do you know this? I don't. I know he threatened to kill you, but no, I don't know the okay, actor. Okay, yeah, yeah. So this was um, to so that that happened in August of '03, I think, and then in February of '04. So we're talking like six months later. Yeah, I was out in L.A. with Boozy Tony Boozy Cruz, and uh, we were there for a Ozfest press conference, That's cool. and it was cool. And you know, afterwards they had they just moved us all over to this area. Uh, where there were drinks set up and I was standing at a bar getting a drink and he would, couldn't have been more than 10 feet from me and he didn't say shit. And, uh, I, I didn't say anything. Yeah. And so, uh, I have no desire after what he did, you know, listen on the Casey tapes. You can, you can figure it out then. I explained the whole thing there, but I, I just, um, I have no desire. Uh, if he, if he would apologize and, mm-hmm. and I'm not expecting, I'm not, Asking his people to get him to apologize. Mm-hmm. I just don't care. Right. So I wonder if he would even remember. I don't think he would remember. I mean, a lot of time has passed. That was, you know, 17 years ago. Yeah. And he's, you know, drank a lot. Sure. He's um, lived a lot. He lived a lot. We both lived a lot. Yeah. I'll never forget it. And, um, you know, but I'm, but I'm sure it was just a blip on his radar. I, I think know? for the listeners that remember your interview, maybe remember it live. I think that it would be so interesting to hear you talk to him again. It would be. Oh, it would be. I I still get shit from listeners every once in a while on social media. But at at the same time, it's just like, um, yes, I would talk to him if if I knew he he was going to be decent and, you know, he would apologize to me. Because, I mean, it's one thing to get pissed off at somebody. It's another thing to, to threaten to break their goddamn neck. Yeah. Which is what he said. And then as I was leaving the bus, he said, I ought to fucking kill you. Oh, my God. You know, those are two things you just don't forget. Right. And so if, uh, you know, it, it would be taken back, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I would talk to him. But I wonder if he know. heard those, if he heard himself in that now. Because he's a dad now. Right. Like, has lived. Like, he I was want- a dad back then. Really? So he. That's what started so that the whole matter. thing. That's mm. what started the whole kind of. <laughs> The whole Mike Piazza Godfather question. I haven't know. had I haven't had that instance yet where I've had an interview where it's gone in an awkward, terrible place. I've had really bad interviews where nobody's given like I mm-hmm. just can't get anything out of people. But yeah. I have yet to piss anyone off or have or somebody you know I get mad at somebody. Um, and mainly, I mean, I'm coming in at the, like the death rattle for our artists where they don't even have to do the interviews that they're doing and they're all phoners and they're all five minutes long and it's all you know contrived and I it's such a bummer because like I just interviewed Rob Halford and it was the best one of the best interviews top three for me that I did because I made a connection with him I felt and I got him laughing and you know I've it's hard to do that with our artists because they're they've already you know I'm 35 been there done that they've already had their lives Mm -hmm. you know um and so to get I was really thankful that he was so lovely and fun Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, um, on the phone is one thing. You know, this was in person. Yeah. And it, uh, I, I mean, as soon as I stepped foot on the bus and talked to him, said hi to him, I could tell he was different, mm. you know, than the other times. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but you look at a guy like that. And then I interviewed John Mellencamp one day and this was over the phone. And I was warned ahead of time. 
don't ask him about cigarettes or his health. (laughs) Because he had just had one of his, I don't know how many heart attacks he's had. And he was a big smoker, maybe still is, I don't remember. And so I was like, all right, I I won't. I didn't plan on it. I ended up having a a great time with him. And in fact, he laughed really hard at a... uh, at a at a thing that we were <laughs> we were talking about and it was just really really fun to hear him laugh and you know he was the complete opposite of what it, he was painted up to be sure. you know don't ask him about cigarettes you know blah 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 i was like all right and then we talked, and I was like, what What the fuck what, what was the, these warnings right. for? I it, he was cool. I hate you know? that. Whenever yeah. we get these interview uh, requests, and the PR people are like, hey, you can only talk about these things. This is the main thing. Right. And then you can ask your questions. And Well, like today, eight minutes I, I get. Because I'm on, I'm, I'm the first with Sammy. And so, you know, when I'm done, he'll go on, and then he'll do another radio station. Then he'll do another radio. I mean, he's, he's busy. Yeah. And But at the same time... Um, you know, you hate being put on a stopwatch. I know. And uh, it was six minutes. Now I have a whole eight minutes. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> we've had some fun. Um, I was thinking about all of the good times we've had. I always go back to, because I started at Casey in 2008. Mm-hmm. You were the first jock that I worked with at a remote I remember where I was at. And we were at the, what was it, Redbird Cafe yes, in North Yes, it was, County. in Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, <laughs> you told me your shower. We, uh, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you told me, first of all, you spend way too much time in the shower. Yes. And I know you're a girl, and, you know, girls tend to shower more, uh, take thoroughly. more time thoroughly than, than guys <laughs> or whatever. But you gave me your uh, a timeline mm-hmm. of your showers, and I found it fascinating. It was. And, yeah. well, you also told me yours, so I don't want to sound like the biggest oh. pervert. Um, <laughs> but, we, you know, you're sitting around at a remote for two hours, and listeners come out, and you're doing your breaks. But then you have all this other time. Right. And especially when you work with new people, it's, like, fun to get to know everybody. It is. And you and I, I, I feel like you and I hit it off the 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 most out of all the jocks because it wasn't until honestly John and I started the morning rock show mm-hmm. that we didn't become best friends like that I mean obviously that bonds you to <laughs> the person you're in a right, soundproof yeah. room with yeah. but like obviously Katie Cruz I was a huge she was the chick so it was right. like I loved Katie and Mike Duran and Nick mm-hmm. Baycott and uh, Dave West and yep. Mickey Gray uh, who else was oh um uh what's his face um. Oh, my God. I'm totally blanking. Um, Al Hofer? No, Al was no, gone. No, Al was gone by the time I got here. Ah! Carl? Well, Carl was yeah. at 97.1. Um, who am I thinking of? I don't know. It'll come to me it, in a second. Anyway, um, but there were, it was another weekend jock, but it was just like... I don't know. It was like the the rap Kurt pack. Allen. Kurt Allen. Yes. Kurt Allen. That's who it was. And it was so much fun um, getting to know everybody and... Um, you know, move on to like Boozy. Tony Boozy Cruz was my boss at the time, mm-hmm. my favorite boss of all time. And we had so much damn fun doing Camp Casey. Yes, we did. And I always loved you because you would interview all the big people. <laughs> and I would be working alongside you if we were out at Riverport and yes. um, you were opening up shows. We would always have artist interviews come to see you. And I would be able to just take the photos and like meet them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the best favors you ever did for me was when Joe Perry and uh, Billy Perry came in studio yes. in 2008. I remember that. I, everybody wanted a picture. Everybody wanted in that studio. Yeah. And you were kind enough to me. You said, bring Joe Perry a T-shirt and you can come in. And I was like, oh, my God. And so 
that I mean, that was the first massive rock star I met working here. I remember the picture you guys took? Oh yeah, together. It was a great I mean, picture. That whole experience, like you did a great interview. He was really sweet. Billy Perry couldn't have been any mm-hmm. sweeter. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just like total rock and roll moment for everybody involved. Well, I yes, I do remember that, but I also remember critiquing you on an air check. Oh no. Do you remember that? No, go on. Okay, so you gave me <laughs> a, an air check, which is basically your air work, mm-hmm. and it was from your college station. So you you gave it to me. Uh, it was on CD, and I listened to it uh, because you you were trying to break in. You know, I, I would have given my shit to anybody mm-hmm. too. I mean, I did. That's how I was an intern at Casey. That's how I got yeah. the position. So, and I remember hearing you, and I I I know I told you, and I don't know if you remember, but I said. You should be on the point right now mm-hmm. because you sound young and you, you know, you know, your music and stuff like that. And I, I just assumed that that the points music, which is sure. a little skews, a little younger, you, you, you would feel very comfortable with that. And I was just like, you should be on there right now. And anyway, yeah. and then, um, you know, as time went along, you know, you made yourself uh, quite known that you want to work at Casey, and so things changed, but you were ready back then, oh, I thought, thanks. for the point. Yeah, you know? I, I. to be honest with you, I wanted to work at the point. Yeah. I mean, I, my internship started at Casey. How uh, old were you? Uh, let's see. So that was 12 years ago. I was 25. Hmm. Was that right? Wait, I'm tw- 35. Are you 37? No. <laughs> Come on, how old are you? I'm 35 minus oh, 12. Oh, so you were 23. I was 23. 23. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I started at Casey when I was 26. Wow. And you worked it for the government during the time. I did. I worked for the state, the state of Missouri. And what did you do for the state of Missouri? I typed. I'm a typing fool, bitch. You? you know that. Do you do the home row? Are you like a I'm total the home classic? row. Oh, I took two God. years of typing at St. Thomas Aquinas in Florissant. <laughs> and I can type. And I, I, you had to take a typing test to get hired. And so my typing test, I typed somewhere around 60 words a minute, which is pretty, pretty decent. Good. Yeah. And so I, I'll never forget that that you know, taking those two years of typing in high school really helped because we type a lot in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it certainly helped me in college. And why were we talking? Oh, we we're talking about the state. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I used to answer the phones, but I would type and I worked there for 10 years and I, I did Casey part-time in the state full-time for the last four years I was there. And so, yeah, I, I still like to type. I'm not a hunting pecker. Can't stand them. No. Know a lot of people that have. Mark Close. Uh, yeah, Mark Close is like that. Our <laughs> old boss, Rick Bayless, oh, is like that. Um, but no. Type I, away, bitch. I'm, uh, this is a boring conversation. Oh, you, you, you type fast and furious. I, I type fast and furious and hard, but I don't do the home row. I, yeah. Somehow I miss Oh, out. I do the home row. I don't do that. A-S-D-F-J-K-L. Uh, whatever that uh, semicolon. The last, semicolon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's it. Pretty damn good, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get cool again. All right. So, <laughs> I let's talk about Camp Casey at Camp So. Okay. Because this is another fond memory with you that I have. Yes. Um. So this is probably <laughs> two thousand. Oh, I remember the day. I remember the year. It was two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's set the scene. It's. Devin Allman, Les Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Who else is on that stage? Molly Hatchett played. Molly Hatchett. <clears throat> they were the first headliner, I think, that first night. Um, I think those were the big three that I remember. Yeah, let's just say it was them. Yeah. So there was this stage set up down at Camp Zoe, which mm-hmm. is no longer in existence because the right. government owns it now. Right. But um, 
It's we, where the swag stocks used to be. Yes. Mm. And I had never been down. Had you ever gone down I had there never before? been there. I had never been there. Essentially, it was like a commune for people. Like hippies. hippies. It was a commune for hippies. Right. And so we decided, again, a great... Uh, great thing from Tony's brain that we were going to make a weekend of this of camping in tents with listeners and have this live show out at this big stage in a field. And so I remember that Friday loading up the Casey vans or I'm sorry, Tony went down Thursday in the vans. He had, he took all of our tents Mm -hmm. and he's like, I'll set up our little area. I didn't have a tent. I still don't own a tent. Do you not? No, I don't know who it must've been his. It must've been me and the future wife stayed in. Because you and you know. Mel had just started dating. Yes. Okay. We, we weren't even a year in. Because <laughs> so, this plays into the story. <laughs> so I'm Tony's assistant, right? And we're close friends and everybody's friendly and everybody's lovely and stuff. Tony goes down there. He's a huge outdoors guy. So he decides, all right, I'm going to go down Thursday night. I'm going to set up camp and get everybody ready. And then Friday after your show, mm-hmm. we'll all come down and you know I'll bring the other vans and Dave Kimbrough, I think, came yep. down with us. Yep. And so, anyway, we, the Friday morning, I'm getting stuff ready to go down there. And Tony calls me and he's like, Learn your tent. There's a, your tent pole broke. It's not staying up. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and I'm in route, <clears throat> I think, down there. And he's like, So you have some options. He goes, <laughs> He goes, I have a big tent. You can stay in my tent. He's like, It's like two separate rooms or whatever. Right. He's like, Favaz and Mel have their tent. He's like, Tim Elwell uh, has he your now husband, my now husband. He's like, he's got like a single tent and he's like, I, I, you know, or we can find you a place to stay down here. And I'm like, I, so I, my brain, I'm like, well, I don't want to stay in the same tent as my boss. Cause that's strange. Yeah. Uh, even though I love Tony and that would have been fine. Right. Um, but, but then I was like, but I don't want to stay in your, you and Mel's tent because you guys were so I in love and hot and heavy. I wish you would have. Oh my God. <laughs> It would have been, honestly, it probably would have made a great story, but I was there like, was I, hardly any room. There, there was room for two people in that tent. Well, I'm glad you guys it. had yeah. all that space. Yeah. And then, then Tim Elwell. And so I, Tim worked in promotions and we were buddies at the time and I was dating some other guy at the time. Right. Yeah. And I told Tim, I said, Hey, can I sleep in the tent with you? I feel most comfortable out of these options sleeping in your tent. And he's like, you just go ahead and sleep in my tent. I'll find another place to sleep. Very gentlemanly of him. He went and slept in the hippie commune shack with photo Joe, who just passed away not too long ago. Right. Right. And they were smoking a ton of weed in there. And I don't think he slept at all that entire weekend. (laughs) But nonetheless, we had this amazing weekend of just hanging out with, each other, um, getting in creeks, climbing up. Did you climb up the side of that cliff? I did not. Oh, I know you guys did. Yes, I, I didn't. Oh. I I just I just remember all this smoking we would do. You would smoke right out in public. Yeah, smoke weed, and I'll never forget. Uh, you know, we played a lot of games oh with God. listeners that we hosted. <laughs> I remember a picture that you took, and the caption was "Everything's under control" because it was Tony, <laughs> Tim, and I like organizing all these hippie listeners to do like. Potato races. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> I remember though, right? You know, it was probably an hour before my show started, so it would have been noon or whatever. Some guy said, "Hey, man, do you want to take some liquid pot or liquid acid?" Oh my god! And I was like, "He goes, you'll you'll be okay, and, and you'll start coming down at about eleven o'clock. You're just in time for bed." And I was like, "Dude, I'm going on the air, right? I I, I can't do it. Yeah, you know, and I'll just never forget." 
that it was off. available. Yeah, that it was there. Everything was available that weekend. Yeah, no wonder the government owns it now. Yeah, no no wonder the government or, yeah, shut they, it down. Yeah, they've turned it into a nice place for me. So. so that was a heavy memory. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, like we've had a million other ones, like going out to Ozark Outdoors and doing the float trips yeah, were super those, fun. Yeah, those were fun. Um, I, I think uh, spending all those uh, times at the Red Lion yes. in Maplewood, uh, which is a bar, which is now the Crow's, Crow's Nest. Nest. Uh-huh. Um, those were fun times. Oh, my God. Um, you know, you... You hung out with all of my my all friends. Of friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Melody was there. My wife, um, who was my girlfriend at the time, but but everybody else, you know, Fox and and all Sarah. them, Sarah. Yeah, and they they all, you know, we all would hang out, and uh, I I miss those days. I miss that's, those days that's too, for sure. And I miss uh, sometimes sometimes I miss living in the city. Um, because I mean, uh, now in Alton and, you know, I've got two little ones. It's, it's okay. It's fine to live up there. But sometimes, um, you know, when I drive in the city, I'll be like, ah, that, that, that that would be cool to be back here. And I also miss working downtown. I feel like at least working downtown. I don't know if I miss, I was just down there. Were you? Yeah. I was just down there. It's beautiful now. Yeah. Yeah. Union station is a great place. Um, they started doing the aquarium when we left. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the, uh, Ferris the, the Ferris wheel and the whole bit. And I was just down there for their, their haunted house thing. And uh, it, it was cool. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm kind of glad I don't drive downtown to downtown sure. all the time. I'm, I'm much happier here. And you can look out and see Olive Street. I know? feel like I don't live in St. Louis, though, like because I live in the county and, right. I li- and we work in the county. I'm. I feel disconnected from the city more than I ever Oh, I, yeah, I think I, I do, too. But I think back of all those times, you know, all, God, I, I moved in the city. Well, my first three years, I lived on the hill when I was a baby. And then I moved back there in 92, and I was there till 2011. Mm-hmm. So that was 15 years I lived in the city. So I, I remember enough. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, I remember living in a flat on Chippewa, and I lived in my house on Eichelberger, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I had plenty in the city. Now I don't know if I'd want to live in Missouri. Mm. We don't want to get into yeah, that. Yeah, we won't get into that. But Even though we do sometimes on here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I actually, we've been looking, we are hoping to sell our house next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I keep the opportunity for Illinois open. There's, I was yeah. thinking I'm from Illinois, so I, I wouldn't mind Right, going yeah, back. you grew up in Columbia. It's, yeah. uh, it's not a bad place. I know, you know, people bitch about the taxes and stuff like that, but. You know, it's um, a, a lot of the cities that are right across the river are starting to really get it together. Mm-hmm. And Alton is one of them. I love Alton. I think it's a cool river yeah, town. Yeah, I, I think it is, too. And, and it's gotten cooler as, as you know, time has gone on. And um, um, I think the only other city, the, the city that I really love over on the east side is Edwardsville. I, I, I love Edwardsville, it's 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 more of a it's bigger than Alton. It's got more amenities, if you will. And I base everything on food joints. Absolutely. And so they have a better quality or better, uh, you know, choice of food joints. There you go. You know, do you miss doing food dudes? No, I I don't. Let's talk about food dudes (laughs) for a second, because I would help out with that behind the scenes. You and Tony, Tony Boozy Cruz yet again. Hosted. Was it on? Fridays? It was his idea. It was on Thursdays. Thursdays. I think it was Thursdays. You guys would go out to Le Col Culinaire mm-hmm. and essentially have the chefs there uh, prepare dishes on the air. And I remember you guys would put the microphone in the pot. Like you guys thought you were 
Giada and Emerald and all of them. Like, yeah. you would put the uh, microphone in the sautéing salmon or whatever the hell was happening. <laughs> and Tony is a huge foodie, like, has had a yeah. food blog and his own food show on his own stations. Like, um, you know, what – do you miss that? Like, I mean, you guys, you love food. You love cooking. Would you do something like that again, like a video uh, series? I, I guess I would do it again. I don't know. I mean, you know – Tony, that was Tony's idea, and you know, if you're going to have an idea like that, it's going to be on there. You have to involve the sales outside uh-huh. of it, so you've got to bring in money. And so the whole thing was, let's bring in Lake Hall. We had a different theme each month. You know, I, I think that I think the food dudes lasted just about a year, uh-huh. maybe. So we would have a you know barbecue one month, uh, seafood one month, kids meals. I mean, you know, I remember Kieran coming in one of them, and so. It was a, a lot of fun, and yeah, he and I have bonded over food many, many times, and uh, he is a bigger foodie than I, and I can't say that I miss that so much because now it's all been done. Mm-hmm. All of it has been done on TV. It's all been done online, and radio, what I, I just, uh, you know, it, it was only once a month. And and that was fine, but I just don't see the value in it of doing it on radio. Because you can't anymore. see it, can't see it. Right? You know, I mean, it's one thing to see it on TV; you can't smell it. But um, you know, it's uh, I I I don't miss it all that much, and I don't miss being yelled at either. <laughs> Not by Tony. <laughs> By the higher up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the morning rock show. How is, mm-hmm. how is like, I know how it is working with John. Right. What it's do crazy. You, you feel, what, what is the daily like for you guys? Well, um, I like it that um, I'm sitting on that side of the control board. Mm-hmm. So I can, everything, everything that you hear pretty much I do. So I, I like that. I start an hour earlier than John. So I, you know, I prep as much as I can. He is the king of no prep. Yes. He comes in literally when he says sports off the top of my head. He he means that, and he means everything else off the top of his head. But we have you know features that that um, you know that have to be thought out, like the brain strain. Yeah. So I get here at five. I think of those. How do you think about those? Um, I look at uh, if somebody's celebrating a birthday, or if there's a topic in the news, or you know, like today was uh, Penny Marshall's birthday. Mm-hmm. She's dead, mm-hmm. but she was on Laverne and Shirley. I'm not going to ask John questions about Laverne and Shirley because he never watched that show. He, but would he know general questions like where they worked? Do you know? Mm -mm. You don't know. Okay, so they worked in a brewery. That's where they met. Yeah, Yeah, the bottling thing. Yeah, in Milwaukee. That led me to well, Laverne and Shirley. Where where, wasn't that a spinoff of Happy Days? Checked it. It was. So I asked him that question, and then the last question that he did not get, and this was the perfect of the brain strain. It was right there. What? Who did she marry that was also in a very popular 70s sitcom? And he knew the nickname that he had, Meathead, ah. from all in the family. It was Rob Reiner. Oh, wow. So that's who she was married to. I didn't know that. So those are the, you know, that's the kind of shit that I have to come up with for John. And uh, we do that. And then, you know, the Brackoff, you know what's involved with that, doing all the music. And um, I don't I do not do it as as anally as you mm-hmm. and i say that with all respect i love it um yeah i mean i i i do it here and there you know i like how it sounds i listen to you guys every morning mm-hmm. and I, i'm like up in the seven o'clock hour so that's yeah. whenever i tune in and 
You guys are killing it. You're doing a great Thanks. job. I like what I've, I I noticed the cha- the small mm-hmm. tweaks that you've done to add your own flair to the show, and I think it's working great. Thanks. Um, I and for me, just personally, I love both of you guys so much, and so it's kind of like I get. I would always get both of you every day anyway because I ha- had the show with John and then you would come in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So now yeah. I get you as a collective together and it's actually been really enjoyable for well, me. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you like it. It's it's a lot of fun. John has said to me a couple of times, he goes, can you imagine doing a show by yourself again? And I'm like, no, yeah. I, I really can't. And that's why I, I I feel for you. You know, you, you're probably used to it by now because you've been doing it for a number of months. Mm-hmm. But for me... You know, being solo the entire time and then having a partner and then having John as a partner is great. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. And so not that being by yourself and doing a show isn't fun, too, because right. I had plenty of fun. You know, when you I was control everything. Yeah, you you were you were definitely your own boss. You mm-hmm. were the master of your world. And so um, it's uh, it it's it's a lot of fun. I, I don't like getting up. We'll never like getting up. As Ray Collier, our music director, said, it's like always having a low-grade fever. <laughs> it is. I mean, I feel fine right now. Right. But it, the moment I decompress and I sit on the couch and maybe watch them, I want to I wanna I sleep. sleep. Yeah. You know? Well, you're so. doing a great job. Thanks. And now I, I, I must apologize. I don't listen in the afternoon. That's because okay. I never listen to radio at home except for the classic show on Sunday mornings. Same. And I'm just never in my car long enough to hear you or I'm literally in my car. Maybe I'll hear two songs. Mm-hmm. I have tuned in and I just, I, I never, I, I'm, I know you're doing a good job because of who you are and stuff, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, you know? it is weird because you to have, what you had for 21 years. And I know that the sh- your afternoon show probably evolved over that time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always the same, but like it me- used to be three to seven. Did you know that? No. 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Did you like Four that Four lousy fucking hours. <laughs> that was it. I loved it. I used to come in so hungover all the time. Yeah. And it, it it was great. And, you know, we had to do production back then. Yeah. Um, work. You know, sometimes I would, you know, it's not digital. It would it would be tape. Splicing, and yeah. Splicing and stuff. So, um, and then it went from 3 to 7 and then it went from one to six. The yeah, the mega shift. Yeah. So, and I know it sounds woo. Five hours you're working. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, to be creative and to be on. talking on in an empty room for five hours, it's, it's not easy. Sometimes, no, it's not. You know, and it, especially with like things happen in the world. Yeah. And then you have to, you're still a human, and you still have to be. I always call myself the water slide because I you have to be the water slide for people. Yes. You know, the shit is rolling down the hill, but you got to be that slide that keeps it all together so people right. can just keep on with their day. And if you're having an emotion or a opinion about what's happening in the world, it is it is a test of your psychology and of your um bandwidth to see how much you are going to let out because especially in this year. This year has been the sh- most shitastic year ever. Yeah, yeah. And I have my days where I, you know, I'll have a terrible morning mm-hmm. for whatever reason <laughs> and then i have to come in and turn it on right and it's um you feel like a crazy person you do and i, and I tell people <laughs> it's just like in that respect you have good days and bad days we, where you don't want to be here yeah and but you gotta be, you gotta here, be here and here. you gotta sound happy about it and yeah. so what, what are you going to do 
uh, it's 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 you know you you learn how to fake it. You deal with it pretty good. Like you said. And um, you know, uh, people don't listen to Casey to hear our opinions about the president or stuff that's going on socially. I mean, they come here to rock and they, they want to be entertained and they want to hear some sports and they they want to hear about this and that. But 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 you know, if if they wanted to hear opinions about this and that. Well, there's plenty of stations right. in town to listen to. But isn't it interesting that music, which has always been in the vein of social issues. I mean, so many great protest songs came out of the 60s. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't shy away from headlines that have to do where they lean into the politics because I'm. it's not me saying it. It's Jeff Ament or Eddie Vedder saying it or right. Ted Nugent saying it. Right. And I don't, you know, we, everybody gets managed differently, but, you know, we have been told to stay out of it. Whereas right. I have no problem reading or sharing things verbatim from the artist because. Yeah, it is we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that we'll, we'll do that too. I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I mean, social media has changed the game in radio. Like yeah. you can't believe. And, you know, back in the day, you know, when I reached out to Drew Johnson, I had to call Nine six nine eleven eleven. I don't know how many times and go. Hey, I'm a big fan. Can I come down and interview? Whereas now people can just message you on Facebook, right. so, uh, on Twitter, or whatever, or they can comment. Hey, you suck. You know, or whatever. It's just, it's just totally different than what it was. We are you know? so much more accessible now yes. than you were way, twenty years way ago. Way more. And way sometimes more. I feel like that's a detriment. Oh yeah, it has its downside. It, it's it's good and bad. Yeah, and and the, but the bad stuff really sucks. It does. And it, that's why, especially now, you know, doing mornings, I just ignore a lot of you know you. you the thing that you learn in this business is you can't please everybody mm-hmm. with music, with what you say, mm-hmm. whatever, and you just have to just go. You know, if somebody criticizes you for whatever, you're like, well, okay, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you very much. <laughs> That's so true. My skin has gotten so much harder yeah. over my time here. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, at first it was like, it would kill me. Right. And now I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. It feels good just saying it. Yes. And, you know, but there are times when they'll say something, you know, when someone will say something that about you, about the way you did that or what you think, you're like, you're not going to get away with that motherfucker. I'm going to type mm-hmm. back to you and tell you what I think. And other times you just go, yeah, not worth it. You're not worth it. Pick your battle. So, well, you're doing a great job. I love you. Thanks. I'm love so you happy too. you are on my podcast. Um, I'm going to share this. I, I was thinking about how, like, I always have a photo. I ask for a photo to share. I figured you had so many to pick from. Okay. Cause I have this picture in my head. What about the one that's in our office? At, oh. the, at the drum headquarters. You want that one to be the one? Well, no, but I mean, that's the kind. You had blonde hair. Yes. And we were there when Steve Gorman of the Black Crows was there. And um, it's, you know, back when you were promotions assistant and I was on the air. Yeah. But you have a lot of photos. All right. I'll so I'll let answer. you, you, unless you want me to. I but. No, I was thinking of the one and maybe you'll be able to tell me. It's the one of you. You have your long hair, mm-hmm. glasses, earrings. I think you're wearing a red flannel. Possibly. I just posted that on Did Pearl you? Jam Day. Yes. Maybe that's where I saw it, and I was. And like, I had long hair and glasses, yeah. and I was like, hey. I love that photo oh, of you. Well, it's it's on my page. You I can might, steal it. I'm Go gonna ahead. steal it for Go this. Ahead. All Go right, Favaz. You can listen to him six to ten a.m. on the Casey Morning Rock Show. Follow him at Casey Guy on all socials. Yes. And uh, be nice to him, or else I'll kick your ass. And I love you, Learn. I love you, too. Well, that's about as real as it's going to get.
Thank you to Favaz for joining me on the podcast. I wonder if he'll listen to this entire thing. Hopefully he shares it. Again, you can follow him at Guy on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. And he's at Casey 95 colon Favaz on Facebook. You can join the Morning Rock Show Facebook group, which is very fun. I'm in it. And he's really lovely to listen to. And so his history with the radio station is phenomenal and just his outlook on things is a really neat perspective. And I've always loved hearing about his interviews. And like he was saying, you can listen to his podcast called The Casey Tapes, where they play back interviews from he and John Ulitz history and they comment on it kind of mystery science theater 3000 with uh, some behind the scenes action. So anyway, it's really cool stuff. So go listen to him in one way or the other. Now, uh, I am probably going to take a little bit of a break. The holidays are coming up. I don't think I will wait until 2021 to give you a new episode. But as far as episode 31 goes, you're going to be sitting on it for a while. Uh, I just kind of have other things going on, to be real. I got my my radio show. I have my talk show on Sundays with my husband. I have my band. We're trying to get an EP out, which is the first time I've ever done anything like this. And it's quite fun. Um, and then also just trying to stay healthy and, I don't know, prioritize some people in my life. So unfortunately, my fun podcast is like on the back burner. But I have previous episodes. If maybe this is your first time listening, please go back and listen to all 29 other episodes. They are all very lovely in their own way, if I do say so myself, just because of the guests that I have on. And I go back from time to time and listen to the ones that are special to me. I don't know if that's completely narcissistic or not. Um, but nonetheless, there's plenty to entertain you if you miss my voice. And of course, you can always listen to my show from 2 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on KG95. Have a great rest of your October, and I will talk to you all soon. Stay well. Peace.